is happening now? We're about to send you back to the Rebuta! <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Back to the Future, the show in which we take a classic film that one of us or both of us might not have seen and we take a look at it now. I'm Amber Inch. And I'm Drew Bridger. Yay! Amber did it! Yes! Amber! Let's get Amber doing the intro. Let's get Amber doing the intro. I, I, I mean, I'm trying to... That's a bit rubbish. I'm, tr- I'm trying to force a cheer out yeah, of it, and it's, and it's it's not going to happen. I mean, you know, I didn't really do cheerleading. Da, so. da, 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 really? Yeah, I know. You wouldn't be able to tell, <laughs> would you? I imagine you more of a cheerleader than a football player. If, if there's going to be either. <laughs> wow, what a... Damning I just, I just indictment. You, I just think you like like bopping about. That's a damning review. No, it's not. I mean, at least I'd be flexible. Yeah, I just thought you'd like jumping about. And I really like those pom-poms as well. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a good pom-pom. <laughs> so, because Amber has introed the episode today, that can only mean one thing. It means that it's a film that I haven't seen that Amber has suggested Finally. that we watch. I know. A film that you didn't pretend that you'd seen before. Well, it's not that I... Mm, it's not that I pretended I've seen it. It's never, one, it's never like that. I <laughs> genuinely admitted to have yeah, that's never what I mean. seen Finally, this film. Finally, a film that you've said you've never seen before. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, okay. But you have kind of kind of seen this film but it was also your suggestion to watch this yeah when i didn't yeah when i watched it this time i was like oh yeah i actually have seen all of those parts yeah 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 yeah. so we are hopping into our wayback machine and we are going back to 1998 which is actually a year well not a year even but a decade really that I don't think we've spent a whole lot of time in, and and not not enough. No. I think there's a lot of nineties. When was Judge Dredd? The, the, Judge Dredd was definitely nineties. <laughs> oh my god! And we are watching Judge Dredd at some point. Oh, I thought we'd already watched it. No, we no no. You're thinking of Demolition Man. Oh yeah, that's what I was thinking of. You're thinking of Demolition Man. That was in the nineties. I definitely think we need to watch Judge Dredd at some point, mm. only because of how bad it is it's bad it's pretty i mean it's all right it's it's not great i thought people really liked it they do or was there a new one that people like there's a new one people don't like that but no they did like that oh, yeah okay. yeah maybe that's what i was thinking of but it was so low budget that it didn't really get a sequel that's the thing yeah but the sylvester stallone judge Dredd. yeah it's sylvester stallone yeah. that's why i thought judge dread but it's demolition man that we'd seen it's demolition that was man so that bo- i'm sorry that was so boring Oh, don't worry. Judge Dredd is more interesting. It's just still bad. I mean, I say it's bad. There are a lot of people out there that think it's great. It hasn't aged well, but well, we might need to watch that. Demolition at some point. Man hasn't aged well either. Demolition and it's, and it's Man supposed to be set in the future, which is weird. <laughs> Demolition Man aged very well, considering what had to happen after a pandemic that happened. And everything that they had to do in there, and the uh, what do you mean? Well, the fact that they can't touch. They, they don't touch hands or oh, anything. It's yeah. all very sanitary. Oh, yeah, we watched that in lockdown as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. I completely forgot everything about it. I don't even remember that bit. So if anything, Demolition Man actually aged very well. Yeah. And Taco Bell has taken over all restaurants. Yeah, I really don't remember this film. I think we need to watch it again. No, we yeah, don't. Yeah, we do. The only one part that I remember is them getting jiggy with it, but like not touching each other. Yeah, in virtual reality. Yeah, in, in VR. Again, something that the aged very well, because that's, that's how a lot of people do it now. Is it? <laughs> yeah, go online for it oh. in VR chat oh yeah it's horrible what? Uh, I don't question it this is getting weird this is getting weird let's get back on track <laughs> I think so we're going back to 1998 to watch an Oscar winning film Oscar winning oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. definitely d I think it was at least nominated I think it did win Oscars as well I'm pretty know. sure it did but we are watching Gus Van Sant's. <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? Because that's his name. Yeah, it's not Gus Van Saint. Gus Van Sant. Oh, I've heard <laughs> Uncut Jams. I was his meals for Uncut Jams. Yeah, I watched the film with Gus Van Sant. Ah, I watched Gus, Gus Van Sant's film. I watched Gus Van Sant's film all the time. <laughs> we are watching Gus you Van Sant's film. You sound like Jimmy Fallon. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Gus Van Sant. Ew. Why is, it, why is his name Gus? Uh, how about the dog? <laughs> it's Gus Van Sant. Why has he got Van in his name? Uh. <laughs> oh, Vans are so ill. It should be Porsche. Porsche. Oh, Van. Oh. Oh. Why has he got a Frappuccino for? <laughs> <laughs> we are watching Gus. We will get there eventually, <laughs> listeners. Don't worry. Stick with it. It's worth it. We are watching Gus Van Sant's. <laughs> Gus Van Sant. <laughs> Good Will Hunting. It did win awards. It did win awards. So it won two Oscars. The Best mm -hmm. Original Screenplay and Robin Williams for Best Supporting Actor got the Oscar for it. Which I didn't even know he had an Oscar at all. And yeah, but it was it's worth it, wasn't it? It was nominated for so many awards. It was yeah. nominated for Best Editing, Best mm. Director, Best Original Score, Best Supporting Actress... Matt Damon was nominated for Best Actor. God, I bet he's annoyed he missed out on that. Yeah, I wonder who actually won that. I bet yeah. Gus Van Sant is uh, annoyed he missed out on Best Director oh, as well. Oh, what? I didn't know that Andrew Garfield was nominated this year for the Oscars and Will Smith won it. Yeah. Because oh. he did the uh, film about the guy who made Rent. Yeah, Not I made know. Rent, but made... I know, yeah, I know. Made <laughs> I know, but I Otherwise saw it'd be him a very online. boring film about I a guy just paying his rent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that's boring. I saw him online actually doing a part of it, and he really acted like that guy. Like, he acted the butt off of that thing. Uh, yeah. It was so weird. They put it side by side, and it was like, he was that guy. It was really weird. Yeah, this is, this is what a lot of people don't realise, is that actually Andrew Garfield's a really good actor. <laughs> just because he was Spider-Man once doesn't make him any <laughs> less of an actor. What are you talking about just because he was Spider-Man once? He was Spider-Man like three times. He was Spider-Man three times. <laughs> yeah, he was Spider-Man three times. Wasn't oh, it? Jack Nicholson won it that year instead of Matt Damon, I'm afraid. Oh, yeah. For As Good As It Gets, which is weird because I thought that was way old, not 1998. Stupid. See, here's the thing. I've seen As Good As It Gets and it's a good it film. It gets better. <laughs> it does get better. It does get better. It could be better. No, it's a good film. It's all right. I thought that was comparing really it to this film. This film's way better. 
I but was Jack Nicholson's performance in that better than Matt Damon's performance in this? I mean, this is the thing. Jack he was Nic- just being an annoying kid in this. Jack Nicholson is Jack. Nic- Jack Nicholson's good in pretty much everything. He yeah, does. do you not think that he just goes at it with the same aggression to, for every character, like whether they're aggressive or not? He does. He's a. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've heard Jack Nicholson described as that before as an aggressive actor, but yeah, he is. He, Jack Nicholson strikes me as someone who is an aggressive actor. I mean, those eyebrows are sharp. They they are. I don't mean sharp as in like well dressed. I mean sharp as in like no, pointy. as in as in they could cut <laughs> the you. Shape pointy. Yeah, they could cut you with those eyebrows. Did you see? It just reminds me. I know we're not talking about this, but it just reminds me <laughs> of. Um, but but go on anyway. <laughs> the part that the that little clip of like the backstage Oscars when Jack Nicholson went up to Jennifer Lawrence and was like, "Oh, well done on that, by the way." Oh yeah, and you look like one of my old girlfriends. And Jennifer Lawrence was like, "Do I look like your new girlfriend?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then Jennifer he was Lawrence. just like, kind of laughed, like he just like laughed a bit and walked off. And then she turned around, and she was like, <laughs> "Like she was completely." Why did I say that to Jack for? <laughs> Do I look like a new girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I can kind of understand why jack nicholson would have won that he's a, definitely a more established actor yeah. i would say i think the most impressive thing about goodwill hunting is that it was nominated for best screenplay and it was written by ben affleck and matt damon and it was yeah. something that they had worked so on he still together. won the oscar but just not for the acting yeah no it was something that they had worked on together for something in the region of like a few years. Like they, they yeah, probably they'd worked on it for a few years. It's a long time making a film together. <laughs> it is, it is, and there are a lot of names involved in this that I didn't that I had kind of realised at one point, forgotten about because I didn't really realise the significance of this film. And what it was, having not seen it myself. Yeah. And then was reminded of once I had started watching it. And it's things like the fact that Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier, who were responsible for Clerks and Dogma and Chasing Amy and Mallrats and everything like that. And I followed Kevin Smith's career along with Scott Mosier for for a really really long time they were co-executive uh, co-producers co-executive producers co-producers on this um and and that's because of some kind of deal that they had with Miramax at the time i think after Miramax bought up the rights uh, to distribute clerks they had signed some kind of I and you'll forgive me if I'm memor- if I'm remembering this wrong, no, but no. well, you won't <laughs> forgive me. No, hopefully other people will forgive me because I know that you are an unforgiving mistress when it comes to facts like these. Mistress, mistress, hmm. unforgiving mistress when it comes to facts like these. You like your facts to be solid, <laughs> set in stone, and sharper than Jack Nicholson's <laughs> eyebrows. I actually don't. I quite like my facts to be like a, um, a little bit of a lie. Then boy do I have some facts for you, Amber. <laughs> Makes it more interesting. Then boy do I have some stuff that I've half made up on the spot. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like. Here we go. Settle in. So, 
if I'm rem- if I am remembering this right from the many times that I've heard Kevin Smith kind of vaguely mention it about things. There was a deal with Miramax that they had where Miramax would distribute films for them. They would be produced in-house, the films that they wanted to make, as long as they could also help with producing other films for Miramax. So it was kind of like a partnership that they had for a little while, where essentially it was like, yeah, we'll produce your films will will give you the funding to make your films provided that you in turn help produce other people's films as well so what does producing mean just giving them money yeah it was kind of like an exchange of money like i bet they were glad they did that with this film though yes well yeah there is that this one turned out nice and also kind of overseeing the project as well helping the project come together being in charge of a lot of different aspects. I wonder if he met Robin Williams and like worked with Robin Williams or not. I vaguely, I think he did very briefly, but it was more the side of being partners with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, yeah. who were in Dogma together as well. They were the two angels, Bartleby and Loki in Dogma, which you have yet to see, apparently. Yeah, I haven't seen Even though I'm certain that I've watched it with you. No. At one point. I've never seen it. Because I... don't even know what it is. I was going, okay, all right. Well, that is definitely... Well, I know what it is. It's a film, but... (laughs) Yeah, well... (laughs) I'm not that dumb. It's a film. Uh, So we'll watch that at some point, because that has Matt Damon and Ben Affleck partnering up again in it, much like they did in this film. But also there's Alan Rickman and... um, Yeah, Alan Rickman's in it. Chris Rock is in it before he got slapped. <laughs> so his face is like entirely different. <laughs> Pre-slap. Pre-slap face. So it was a lot of that. And I kind of forgot that Kevin Smith and Scott Mosher were involved in this film. And that's where Kevin Smith's uh, ongoing friendship and recurring film roles with Ben Affleck stemmed from. Yeah. Partly. I think. Well, that's handy. Yeah, because uh, Ben Affleck got Kevin Smith a walk-on role in the Daredevil movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's only a small part, but <laughs> Kevin Smith was like, oh my God, you're, you're being what Daredevil. What a prestigious film. Like, I want to be in a Daredevil movie, and he was like, I'll get you a part in the Daredevil movie. Oh. There's a part in the Daredevil movie which you can be in if you want. So he got in that part. And then Kevin Smith tells this story that Ben Affleck will be in most other people's films for like $50 million or whatever for the the whole film or whatever. But he'll be on a Kevin Smith film for $50 a day. Oh, that's nice. Because that's all that that they can really give to him. For the, it's it's by comparison, but Kevin Smith has also said that he would cast Ben Affleck as anything in anything. <laughs> he said he would cast Ben Affleck as the shark in Jaws. <laughs> you know, that's that's how much Aww. love Kevin Smith has. Yeah. And he's with J-Lo now, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to that old chestnut again. Is this 2003? Or I know! Like, what even year <laughs> are we in? What even, even year are we in? I'm wearing what even year are we denim in? and I've got, like, the thinnest eyebrows of my life. <laughs> you actually do. We oh. should make this. A v- no, I'm kidding. 
<laughs> I was going to say, we should make this a video podcast so that we could dress up era appropriate for things. Yeah, we should. Well, actually, we this isn't a video podcast, so we could actually just say that we are dressed up in era appropriate things and no one even know. Well, I, dre- I still dress like I'm in 1998 I mean, for the most I part as well. I have actually got plaid bottoms on and a so, hoodie on top. So, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty 1998, isn't it? It's pretty and grunge. Like, round glasses that make me look like Harry Potter or something. Not Harry Potter. His are a bit darker, but I don't know. You look nicer, though. <laughs> what, than Harry Potter? Yeah, not hard. <laughs> oh. So, as we do... Mm, what a compliment. I know, right? <laughs> so, as we do every episode, we get the person that hasn't seen the film to tell everyone else that's listening what they thought the film was going to be about before yeah. having seen the film. So... Mm? What did you think this film was going to be about? Well, Amber, let me tell you. I kind of had a rough idea what it was, but I I don't think I had an idea of the depth it was going to go into. I basically thought, oh, it's this genius kid that is living in an underprivileged area, kind of in the slums, like he's had a rough start of things. Yeah. But he's basically a child prodigy. Right. And I thought that for the most part, it was going to be about him getting kind of almost picked on repeatedly for having got this. I thought it was going to be that he had this scholarship to MIT. Oh, okay. (laughs) And he was this child prodigy and he had come from a really poor background. (laughs) Oh, I'm getting it mixed with mixed up a step up. Well, technically, I'm getting it mixed up with step up to, to the, the streets. streets. So yeah, no, I thought it was going to be him dealing with the prospect of having a really bright future, going to this place, but also not wanting everyone to know what his background was. Because if it got out, he would yeah. be picked on. He, everyone would be like, "Well, uh, you're poor. You, you're poor. You don't belong here. Like you didn't work for it, like the rest of us did." And actually, he has, and people don't really realize that. And Robin Williams was going to be the tutor that like changed his mindset and said, "You can do brilliant things. Don't squander your gift." get out there get out there doing things and it and he he kind of was that but he wasn't a tutor he was a therapist yeah which was what surprised me about this film i didn't think that robin williams was going to be the part that he was in this film oh i thought he was going to be a very different part but kind of achieving the same things if that makes sense. What do you mean? You thought he was going to be a teacher? You mean? I thought he was going to be the teacher that saw all of the potential in him. Oh, okay. I didn't think he was going to be a therapist that was going to kind of break him down to his bare bones and and get him to question himself and yeah. get him to think about things. So, yeah, that that's was what surprised me yeah. about this film. I think it didn't quite go for the most part the direction that I thought it was going to go. Right. But 
Yeah. I thought that we'd seen like at least the last 10 or so minutes together before. I think so. I think I'd seen the last five minutes of yeah, it. Yeah, of him which driving is, off, basically. Yeah, which was why when Ben Affleck said to him, you know, the happiest day of, the happiest yeah. point of my day is the 10 seconds that I go up to your door and knock on it and I wait for you to answer and I think maybe he's gone. Yeah. Maybe he's actually done it and got out. And I was like, oh, that this bit makes so much more sense now. Because he actually does do Because that. he actually does that at the end. Yeah. And I feel a little bit like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have seen the end of that because actually that makes that speech a little bit more powerful when you don't know when it's going to happen. But well, retrospectively, I'm like, oh, this is actually a really significant bit when he says this now. Yeah. Because that's what happens. So I did like that. And he always says that he's got the winning lottery ticket and Robin Williams is always holding the lottery ticket saying he's got the winning lottery ticket. Yes. That was another thing. I didn't know if that was just me connecting some dots that I was like, huh, that's weird that they both say that. That was like, that's a weird, that's a weird, like, coincidental thing. But because you pointed that out to me, now that makes me think that actually that was like pointing out that Will is the winning lottery yeah, ticket. I would have thought so. Yeah. I thought, I, I thought, oh, that's. I don't know if that's accidental or if that's a not so subtle like. No, you know. they wouldn't have done that as, yeah. as an accident because he's he mentioned it too many times. He said it like he said it before he made the speech and then mm. he said it after he made the speech. Mm. This is a little bit like, yeah, uh, pointing to it. Exactly, exactly. I liked that. I did. I did quite like that they had done yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, the Boston accents were. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I get couldn't... in the car. I'm Get in the, the car. <laughs> I love that his ten brothers all had names with like a Marky Georgie, <laughs> Marky Georgie, Donnie, De- Donnie, Derek, <laughs> Brian. Like they're all really Irish names, <laughs> you know. I just like that he made up these names. Well, I don't even know if they were if he was making them up. Well, they weren't really. made up. They're they, probably people. <laughs> they were probably people, but <laughs> I don't know somewhere. if he actually had. It's never really established whether he actually had that many brothers no, or not. No, he doesn't have that many brothers. But obviously, he's an orphan. He doesn't have that many brothers. No. What are you saying? He was lying because he didn't want her to know anything about him. I just didn't know if he did have that many brothers no. at one point or if he no. was in like a oh, foster maybe home. Maybe they were the. Like yeah, the foster home. I don't know. Maybe they were the something. names of the kids yeah. who he was like in limbo with or something. That's what but I was trying to work out. I, I don't think that I don't think they made that a point. No, no. And I was and I was like, are we going to get an explanation as to how he knows all these names, or if it's just like something that he had prepared, or if they yeah, actually are people that. that he has known and grew up with, like from different foster homes. Yeah. Or, yeah. It's actually, well, half of them are just the new kids on the block, so that's that. <laughs> Donnie, Marky. <laughs> Donnie, get over here. <laughs> Marky Mark Wahlberg. He's just naming, that's what he's doing, he's naming all of the Wahlbergs. Yeah, he is. Because <laughs> actually, Wahlbergers is round the corner. That's, that's where they were eating the burgers, him and Minnie Driver. <laughs> they were eating the burgers in. I can't um, remember the name of the other Wahlberg. <sighs> Mark. Isn't Donnie. it Paul, Paulie, Paulie Wahlberg? <laughs> no. Isn't that one of them? 
Because there's like six Wahlbergs, isn't there? There's like six of them. And there's or only like three that I know. There's more. There's more Wahlbergs than there are Kardashians. Is isn't there? there? I think so. No, there's loads of Kardashians. And yet everyone watches Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but no one watches Wahlbergers. Yes, they did. I just feel like if I feel like if more people had watched Wahlbergers, they wouldn't have got cancelled. It got cancelled. I am assuming it didn't get. Ca- I'm assuming it got cancelled. It's not <laughs> on anymore, is it? I don't know. I haven't looked for it. Well, I think we should start. I think everyone should start watching Wahlbergers. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it might not be on just anymore. for Donnie, not for Marky. Just he for Donnie. He actually kind of was naming them. Listen, okay. So there's girls as well. Michelle, Paul, Arthur, Jim, Tracy, Robert, Donnie, Mark, and Debbie. He definitely said Robert, Donnie, Mark. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Probably said Paul as well. Yes. See, I see. I, I thought there was one. I thought there was one named. Uh, yeah, Paul. Paul. So Paul. Must Paul. <laughs> Paul Wahlberg. Paul Wahlberg. <laughs> Paul must have been the one that made the Wahlberg restaurant. Then I think he that is. Poor I think guy he's who was just the like, one. yes, I'm a Wahlberg, but I've got none of their talent or look, so I had to make a restaurant. <laughs> and then like he looked so like he's the only one that's made a decent living and actually and been like super successful. Not the only one that's been successful, but like he's been su- he's actually been really successful and opened loads of restaurants. Yes, but everyone's just like, oh yeah, Mark, the guy that nearly killed somebody once. Is that's fine. That's that's totally fine. He's all right. Does he have a restaurant though? No. <laughs> We've been into a Wahlburgers as yeah, well. Yeah, we have, and I've still got the cup. Not here, but so. And here's the thing, right? We should have the cup here. Why don't we have? That was a good cup. I bought it for my mum because she was the one that really watched it. That was a textbook cup. What do you mean? That, like, there are certain you cups... You put stuff in it. You, mm, no, but I mean, like, the texture, the size, the grip of it. You know, that was a good cup. That's yeah, a cup that, that you kind of want to hang on to. We didn't actually eat in there, though, did we? No. It was really busy, though. It was. It was really late at night as well. Was it late at night? Yeah, it was quite late at night. We went like into Wahlburgers at, like, 11 at night. And it was packed. Yeah. But it was the Vegas Strip, so, like, it that's was. probably still busy at, like, 3 in the morning. It was. Busy Now, here's really, the probably. thing. This means this means that we've given Paulie Wahlberg <laughs> more money directly than we have Donnie or Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I haven't given them any money. No, not unless directly. Part, unless part of our Now TV subscription goes to Sky Atlantic because they had Blue Bloods and then goes to him, I don't know. <laughs> but they don't really make Blue Bloods that much anymore. So Again, this is what I'm. This is what I mean by directly. That's a very indirect yeah, thing. Yeah, very indirect. I mean, because we it have... wasn't even on Now. Now TV wasn't a thing when they started Blue no, Bloods, I don't think. No, but we have <laughs> directly put money <laughs> into Paul Wahlberg's pocket. So... Yeah, I'm quite proud of that because like his mum was called Alma, and um he had he had a restaurant opposite Wahlburgers that was like home cooked kind of American Italian sure type food I sure. think I think I've I don't know if they're Italian American I can't remember but. No, they must be Irish. Uh, they're, they're Irish. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. why have they got a? Ta- why did they have an Italian? Ah, because maybe one of them's maybe someone in their family. It's something was, like that. But I'm yeah, sure yeah. there's like a proper sit-down restaurant called Alma's, who I think his sister works in, and that was named after the mum. And that wasn't like a burger joint or anything. So I don't know if that was like his first one, and then he thought because Donnie, Mark, and this other brother went in on the wall burgers. It wasn't just him. Yeah. So they probably thought, oh yeah, you've got this good idea of making different burgers and all this sort of stuff and you know how to do it. 
we'll give you our name and our not our name but our money and our face type thing I don't know yeah to help them out should I sh- should I um, say the names of the brothers that he said yes please Marky yeah yeah Ricky no yeah. Danny Terry Mike. oh see that's what I thought he said Donny he said Danny oh he doesn't say Donny yeah I thought but it was, it was a Boston though, it? it was a Boston accent Marky Ricky Danny Terry Mikey Davey Timmy Tommy Joey Robbie Johnny and Brian <laughs> you can say that to me another 20 times and I still wouldn't remember every single one of those this is the difference between me and Will Hunting. <laughs> all right? I know, but Like, said... I can't remember what someone said to me 20 seconds ago. I know, but he said, like... <laughs> it, what he said was right, though. Yeah. He can look at a piano... Like, people think he's a boy genius or a man genius or whatever he is. But he could look at a piano and not have a clue even where to start. He doesn't, he doesn't know anything yeah. about it. It's just equations and maths and working those types of problems out that he's good at. He couldn't, like fix a car probably straight away or you know those types of things yeah. so it's like it's you're smart there's different forms of smart there and is. like there isn't yeah. just oh yeah you can there's street smart oh you know latin or whatever you're yeah. smart it's like okay you, well, no, you're no, no, smart you can't, at latin you can't say smart for this podcast episode you have to say smart no. you, you, it's not smart all right for the rest of the podcast you have to say smart you can't. There are different kinds of smarts. No, I was making a valid point. Okay, and yeah, I know you were. Me about rubbish all right, all right. I was trying to. I was just trying to say. <laughs> I was just trying to say. I was just trying to say. You know, it's it's <laughs> smart, smart. No, I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying. So basically, yeah, Will Hunting could be very, very smart at maths and everything like that. But can he start a podcast? No, he can't. Definitely couldn't then, no. No. He might be able to now. <laughs> it would be about maths though, and it'd be really boring. A maths podcast. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, you're great at maths, but can you start a podcast? No, you can't. Yeah, and if you do start a podcast, don't make it about maths because I don't want to hear it. Yeah, there you go. How do you like Cringe. them apples, Will Hunting? <laughs> How do you like them apples? Do you like apples? Do you like apples? Yeah. Well, I've got a podcast. How do you like them apples? Yeah, how do you like them apples, Matt Damon? <laughs> it's so it's funny to think that this guy who drove all the way to California to be with Mini Driver ended up in space and like the only person on Mars. Yeah, I know. Must have done very well for himself after <laughs> that. That's how smart he. That's how smart he was. That's how smart. <laughs> how smart he was. He ended up in space, on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ma! I'm going to Mars. <laughs> Do you want to just do this podcast by yourself? You're entertaining yourself like I am very this. entertained by my Boston accent. When you listen yes. to this back and you have to edit it, you'll be like, oh. I know, I will get <laughs> very tired of this. Spoiler alert. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> we interrupt this show to bring you a brief word from our sponsors. Amber, I would like to tell you about Greenbird gift baskets. Cool. Cool, you're interested? Interested. Excellent, I'm glad you said that, because Greenbird Gift Baskets is a small local business based in Southampton offering gourmet gift baskets beautifully hand-wrapped in biodegradable cellophane. They use products from small local businesses wherever they can and are perfect gifts for weddings, birthdays, baby showers, or simply as a thank you. We are passionate about supporting small local businesses who offer delicious products and share our values on sustainability. 
There is a selection of baskets available online, Greenbird gift baskets at square.site, and all baskets are totally customizable for dietary needs and tastes. Greenbird gift baskets offer sweet, savory, and mixed baskets, as well as picnic boxes, and prices start from just £25 for a gift basket. Amber, they can even add wine or fizz for an extra special touch. Collection is available from Southampton or they can deliver to surrounding areas. So visit Greenbird Gift Baskets at square.site and check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Greenbird Gift Baskets. Oh, and make sure to tell them that Back to the Review just sent you, yeah? And now we return to your regularly scheduled programming. So I reckon that, see, I've got a little bit of is the trivia one I was at the just time. looking like oh I think it's I was just looking at that at like a little bit of trivia thing because they said something when I looked up the names of the brothers it said something about the brothers things or whatever and I thought oh, I wonder what that is there's literally hundreds and thousands of parts of trivia for this blooming I bet film. there is I bet there is I mean there there's lots and lots but do you want one Oh that... somebody apparently sorry Somebody apparently, as we were talking about the brothers thing, right? Somebody asked in one of their columns, "Who do you think Will's brothers were named after? Like, why those particular names and all that sort of stuff?" And give like movie fans or just people the chance to answer with their um, suggestions. And one of them said she thought that they were directors that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon would like to work with: Mark Rocco, Richard Attenborough, Danny Boyle, Terry Gilliam, Michael Solomon, David Fincher, Tim Burton, Tom Hanks, Joel Schumacher, Robert Redford, John Woo, and Brian De Palma. Oh, you could say that. Was that's happening. interesting. <laughs> I don't know if that's. There's people that they like to work with. I was Mark say... Ruffalo. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. It I mean, you anything. could you could say that, but I mean, that's interesting. I don't. How much truth there is to that? I no, don't know. No, they're just like the most Irish Catholic Boston names you could come up with. Yeah, well, yeah, there is that as well, but. If there is even a little bit of truth to that, that's actually that's actually quite interesting. That's, that would be interesting hmm. to know. I'm going to ask him when I see him. Which one? Ben Affleck or Matt Damon? Um, Both of them. I don't know, yeah. I mean, they're usually think. together, aren't they? Are they're they? Kinda, well, they're kind of like Ant and Deck, aren't they? Are they? A little bit. If you didn't go to Mars with him, it would have been nice. He would have had a company. He would have had company. Maybe, oh, maybe Matt Damon should be Ben Affleck's Robin. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> He would look so stupid. They like, oh, I don't know. That would look weird. Do you I reckon? That would look weird. I, I thought know. Robin's supposed to be a little bit smaller than Batman. He's supposed to be a bit like. Oh, well, maybe not Robin. Maybe Nightwing. Then I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe uh, Dick Grayson once he grew up. I don't maybe know. just make him grey and make him Alfred. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be cool. So there was. But he's not Al. He's Alfred, but he's not his like old stuffy butler. He's Alfred, the friend that just hung about the house for a bit. <laughs> Yeah. Like the guy who just kept getting stoned but gave him food. Yeah. <laughs> so there is one bit of uh one bit of trivia that I I thought was weird. I thought it was weird enough to point out and I know that it's not me that is doing this one this time. It like so the trivia should be your choice really in this instance. But I did find one that I thought was Yeah, what the heck are you doing odd. the trivia for? Well, only because I I I I saw it and I thought it was quite odd. Right. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck found a clever way to choose the right studio for their script. The story goes that on page 60 of the script, 
they wrote a completely out of nowhere sex scene between Will and Chucky. They took it to every major studio and nobody even mentioned the scene. When they met with Harvey Weinstein at Miramax. I'm not really surprised that he was the one that called that out. I know, right? Well, we won't go into too much detail on that. At Miramax, he said, "I I only have one really big note on the script. About page 60, the two leads, both straight men, have a sex scene. What the hell is that? Damon and Affleck explained that they put that scene specifically in the script to show them who actually read the script and who didn't. As Weinstein was the only person who brought it up, Miramax was the studio chosen to produce the film. Wow. So I just thought that was really strange that they just wrote that in. All the other people that said, oh, no, thanks, didn't even bother reading it. Yeah, or more likely they read it and just went, what is with this scene happening out of absolutely nowhere? Didn't That's really weird. And they just went, sound bad. Uh, no, we're good. Thanks. Yeah. So. Harvey Weinstein didn't want Minnie Driver to be in it because he didn't think that she was good looking enough. Here's the thing. Here's the I thing mean, that I good I've... for her if he didn't think that she was good looking enough because she dodged a bullet there. She definitely. Oh, boy, did she. Boy, did she. I mean, there is a whole road that we could go down talking about that. But no, I I'm think not. I'm just the, wanted to mention that. I think it's best to avoid that at, at, at all costs, right, yeah, really. I'm not talking about it. Anyway, it's but, old news now. But here's <laughs> the thing. Mini Driver does a really good job of being believably she intelligent natural, in this film. Yeah. This is the great thing, okay? <laughs> so I've seen her in a few other things as well she's not exactly what i would call a you know an actress that's in things like all over the shop or whatever no i don't think i've seen her in anything else i've seen her in a few things like gross point blank was one that's a film that not a lot of people really know about but i kind of enjoy so i've seen her in some things like that but in this she did a really good job of being someone who would believably be quite intelligent and be doing the course that she's doing and looked the type of person like if they'd had someone who was really popular at the time like a real name star person in the film and had been made up and had her hair done and everything like that I don't think I would have believed that she was studying really hard to do medical... Yeah. uh, Like a medical degree. And, you know, it wouldn't have sat right. Mm. It wouldn't have been believable. But Minnie Driver did a really good job in doing that. She was so English. Her accent sounded so posh when she was talking to all of those Boston people. I know. I don't know if it's just the Boston... That was emphasising <laughs> her accent. I kind of feel like whenever I hear people like an English accent next to American accents, they always sound so over the top posh just because they sound so out of place. So right. if we hear all of us talking, even if it's people that talk well, yes, they just sound, oh yeah, like you don't even think about it. No. And then as soon as they go next to, to American people, you think, oh, they sound so British. <laughs> like, like when I go there and yeah. I'm talking to American people, I'm so thinking like, oh, they're going to think that I'm trying to sound like a queen or something because I just sound so over the top. And it's not on purpose. I don't change the way I talk in any way whatsoever. But it's just because no, it just sounds so contrasting with what they sound like. I don't know. It's just weird. And here's the thing. Anytime I go to America, I kind of feel a little bit the same as well because I feel like... 
I'm not Britishing myself up more. <laughs> I feel like you than would, I normally though. am. Like I don't go <laughs> into somewhere and I go, like, Oh hello. Um yes. You're gonna be I Hugh Grant for the night. Hugh Grant here. <laughs> I would very much like one of your American hamburgers, please. <laughs> I have yet to try one of these uh local delicacies. No, I mean I talk <laughs> like me. I talk mm. like me. It's but, some, but sometimes, like, you don't realise when, when I'm around. Mentions it, yeah. When you're around Americans. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, I feel like I'm speaking way more British than That's I That's what I am. mean. But actually, you might be, though. Because if somebody points out your accent or somebody brings it up and says, oh, you're, you're so British. I love your accent. And then you kind of, without realising, start talking a bit more proper yeah. because they've brought it up. Like, <laughs> If anything, I tried to go the opposite way. I tried to cockney myself up, and I go, all right. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> Have you got a water bottle? <laughs> and they go, a what? Uh, it's a water bottle. A water bottle. It's Tuesday, innit? <laughs> Tuesday. I'm an Australian person. Oh, I have a ham sandwich with cheese, please. <laughs> Chinese plot. It's like any time I go into a lift in America, I get asked, "Oh, hey, are you Australian or English?" Yeah, it's why? like, "What? What does somebody somebody think we were from?" Oh, oh there was a weird place. Wasn't there? Someone, Someone thought we were from the Netherlands. The Netherlands, yeah. Like, what? do we sound Dutch? Why would we talk English to each other if we were both from the Netherlands? Oh no, I'm Boston Dutch. I'm afraid. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania Dutch. Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Pennsylvania Dutch. I'm afraid. No, and, and also I do find it funny that that Minnie Driver had the uh, the guts in this film to put her name in the credits, which is also her favourite thing to do on the weekends as well, being a Minnie Driver. Thank you, thank you for all of those people that are out there listening to this podcast that just had a little chuckle at that. Thank you very much. You validated me because currently no one else in the room is laughing at that joke, but anyone that did listen to that. And had a little chuckle. No one. Thank you very much. It was no one. Okay. All right. So do you have any more trivia for me? I already me? <laughs> heard that joke. I know. I know. For the 10,000th time. I just... The thing that I want to know is why doesn't Ben Affleck do more of a Boston accent in other things? I don't know. Has he been know. from Boston in other movies? I don't know. That probably, don't know. Ex- that probably explains he it. He should do it more, though. Because actually, I thought both of their accents were quite good because they weren't really over the top. They were just a bit like... I mean, you could tell it in their voice that they were trying to make people know that they were from Boston. Yeah. But it wasn't really... It wasn't like a caricature or like an odd impression. It no, was still they weren't quite, hammed up. No, it was still quite natural with it yeah. as well. I don't know, if a person from Boston would probably hear that and be like, oh, their accents are terrible. <laughs> well, here's the thing. They sounded more like they were from Boston than... Marky Mark Wahlberg does and Marky Mark no he is seriously you watch Ted yeah he is like that like Boston's like he looks like Boston yeah he's the shape of Boston now (laughs) with how much Boston comes out of him but here's the thing like he sounds like a Boston caricature he sounds like someone putting on a Boston accent but he isn't he isn't (laughs) he actually is a Bostonian. Bostonian. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know. So there is one thing that says, you know, the scene where he's talking about his um, farts. Oh, his yeah, yeah, yeah. Farts, his wife's farts. His wife's farts. That was ad-libbed. So when Matt Damon was laughing, he was actually laughing in real for real. Oh, that's, that's actually quite cool. That's yeah. nice. Because I thought that seemed like a very genuine reaction. Yeah, from, I know. It did look Matt like... Because I thought to it myself, like how, he was can, actually... how can he make himself laugh? And I thought, maybe he was laughing at something else because the camera wasn't on both of them at the same time. So maybe somebody else said something and caught him laughing. But it says, um, the lines in the scene when Sean talks about his late wife's farting antics were ad-libbed by Robin Williams. That's why Matt Damon was laughing so hard. If you watch the scene carefully, you can notice the camera shaking, possibly due to the cameraman laughing as well. <laughs> See, that, now that's what I like because even though this is like a serious role for Robin Williams he still managed to kind of bring in some of his comedy some of his ad-libbing which is what he's famous for yeah and, it is I did wonder what what he'd put in yeah. himself and it would obviously be very remiss of us to talk about this film and not have an in-depth discussion about Robin Williams because to pull the curtains back on the behind the scenes of this podcast we very nearly for this episode did Dead Poets Society oh yeah which I also haven't seen but you have and you said oh you haven't seen Dead Poets Society that's a big deal and we ended up watching this because they were roughly around the same length of time. I don't know if it's a big deal or not. I just thought that you would have seen it before. So. I, it is one that I feel I should have seen. But equally as much, I feel like Goodwill Hunting is a film that a lot of people talk about and is in more recent memory and is an Oscar winner. And you yeah. said the... Goodwill Hunting was probably more of a big I deal think so, yeah. because a lot of people were talking about it at the time, and I didn't really realize that it was as big a deal as it was. I knew that it was an, an Oscar-winning film that a lot of people had talked about before, but obviously, yeah, loads of people yeah. go on about it. Yeah, so we ended up doing this, but both of them obviously do star Robin Williams and do star Robin Williams in a. <laughs> sort of more serious role than other films he's done. He has done other films with serious roles in yeah. as well. But obviously Robin Williams is mainly more known for his more comedic films, his more upbeat kind yeah. of films. I feel that this is and I'm going to get like maybe a little bit serious. I feel like this is a showcase as to just how much of a fantastically well-rounded and genuinely inspiring actor Robin mm. Williams was. Yeah. This was a showcase as to how Robin Williams could do literally any style that he wanted to do yeah but obviously wanted to do more kind of comedy things uh, yeah yeah maybe he wanted to like he's well try known his hand at stuff yeah just he's have to see what he was gonna do well known for his stand-up routines and everything and 
I think a few years before this, he'd voiced Genie in Aladdin, and there was this whole thing with Disney about how he didn't really want to be the main kind of pull of advertising for the film for Disney, but because they had so much material of him just ad-libbing <laughs> stuff, they made how him... How they because they just put a microphone in front of him and I know just... but I mean how do you even choose like, how do you even edit that into something coherent that you can put into a film that's only like an hour like 90 minutes long I know but this is the thing they ended up with so much stuff from him that that's what I mean the genie was only meant to be like a relatively small yeah. part and he ended up being but then being... he didn't shut up yeah <laughs> and I, I genuinely feel like the day that we lost Robin Williams as an actor was the day that the world significantly dipped in talent. <laughs> because there was just so much that Robin Williams could do. And just, you know, he could turn anything into a scene that could affect you one way or yeah, a completely yeah. different way. And yeah, absolute, absolute star of an actor. And I think that Goodwill Hunting is a showcase for anyone who is doing acting classes as mm. to the range, the range, yeah, the range that he has in <laughs> the this range, film. Darling, the range, range, because he's like the first scene that you see him in. Well, the first scene that you see him in alongside Matt Damon, he goes from being very calm and very placid to just suddenly losing it. And... Yeah, put his hand around his throat. Yeah! And you go, oh my god, that, like, came out of nowhere. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. And, and then, obviously, later on, they end the film with him... Hugging him like he's some sort of father to him. <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. And now I get crying. that. He was scene. just crying because he was so irritated. He was like, shut <laughs> up. One more time. Stop. And it's like, and now I get that scene. Now I get that scene. Now I won't be able to hear someone say, like, it's not your fault and be like, <laughs> <laughs> just wanted him to understand that it's not his fault but yeah that's that's what I, that's exactly what i mean like in in this film you know he he does make you laugh he does make you cry and then you understand why he wasn't going to give up on him because he had a similar start and it's like the whole thing is kind of a bit about you know there's people that think they're smarter than you and better than you because they came from a different background or they got a bit of more money but actually he could end up in a better place than you because he's got the brains and he knows where he's going to go with it. Like it's yeah. like he's decided to direct. I mean, it doesn't really show you what's because he just drives off to go to California instead of taking the job. You don't really know what's going to happen to him. No. But he's still got good prospects just because he came from a place that isn't a mansion or whatever that guy right. was trying to say like the rich guy in the bar that's what I mean which yeah. is exactly the first kind of contrast that you see yeah and you think well he could still he could probably have a better job than you actually oh, ponytail 
<laughs> I thought that Michael guy. Michael Bowen. <laughs> Bastard. Michael Bolton. <laughs> Michael I... Bolton. Mark Markle. <laughs> Marky Markle Bolton. Um, <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a combination that I don't think I ever want to see. New kids on the block doing Michael Bolton songs. No, I thought that guy was going to be a way bigger deal in the film. Like, oh. I thought he was going to be like a recurring no, person he that he was going to have a, like, a conflict with. No, he was just a stupid little irritating thing that didn't need any more yeah. significance because he was just an idiot. Yeah. But I find it funny how at the start you see them getting going around in the car and there's a guy and his friends that they get out of the car and just go and randomly beat up and get into a fight with. And then this guy, you see him in the bar mm. and he just like completely destroys him yeah. with words. Yeah. Because he knew how to take him down. He knew what would be embar- more embarrassing for him. Like if he just punched him he would be doing exactly what that guy thinks he was gonna do right like his type of people just go in throwing fists you know that type of thing yeah and that's yeah. exactly what like he would have proved his point so yeah. because he can show him that he's smart smart <laughs> then so i got you doing it's it now. um it's, it's like more poignant because it's like you know he's getting rid of him in a way that he wouldn't expect type yeah. thing. so it's like yeah. no i like i liked that scene i had i had no idea what they were talking about but i think <laughs> no. but i think that's kind of the point of it in a sense and it i'm was sure basically it was just like reciting back to him what he was going to say because he mm. knew that he'd learned it in a book and just because mm. you've learned it in a book doesn't mean that you that you know i have a good opinion on it i'm certain that there is someone out there in the world that watched that scene and went Yes, actually, he does have a very good point. <laughs> I do remember that book, actually. And, and I'm oh, I remember reading that and thinking, oh, what a little tosh. And, and I'm just sat here going, duh, <laughs> he sounds clever. Funny man says dumb. He sounds clever. He's saying funny words. <laughs> Me and my troglodyte brain. <laughs> the single-celled organism over here. That's because that stuff was going, happening in the 90s and we weren't even yeah. old enough to know. Going, yeah, this is a good movie. I liked it when they did things. <laughs> That's a single-celled organism talking here. <laughs> the amount of intelligence it took to write that scene between him and Ben Affleck, and me, all the while I'm sat here going, oh, he's good, he's funny, he's taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> he's in cars smashing bricks. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I I really liked this film. I thought that there were some slow parts to it. I think that the pacing overall of the film... There was one bit about, I don't know, three-fifths of the way through that kind of... I have got no idea what three-fifths are. Well, I felt like <laughs> I needed to use a higher... <laughs> You know, I don't a higher. Know. I don't know what that is. A, high, a more exact fraction. <laughs> Three because fifths. Because look, this whole film is about maths, all right? And if I was to go, no, oh yeah, one half to two thirds of the <laughs> way through. If you thought through, the whole film was about maths, you were watching the wrong film. A lot of it was about maths. A lot no. of it was about how good he is at maths, and I'm, you know, I basically failed maths. <laughs> Hashtag same queen. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> like, please don't anyone pull me up on this. It's my, <laughs> it's one of my worst subjects. I, I, I am so not interested in mouse. I absolutely hate it. So it makes me not listen and not pay attention. And it literally goes into one of my brains and out of the other. I say I basically <laughs> failed maths. I scraped, I think, a B, a GCSE. That's not failing. No, it isn't. But that's only because I learned everything that I needed to know the night before the exam and then immediately forgot it again afterwards. <laughs> so I literally was just, just like, this is everything that's going to get... stuff. Like, no, I, I could, no. Like, I can remember stuff. I can't remember math stuff. I could, I could do, like, English exams all day long and be good and enjoy it and, like, literally love it and was so good at it. And Jesus, then I go the into essays. a maths exam... And I'm just like, two plus two. Yeah, oh, I don't right, know. I know. This is this, and this <laughs> the non calculator one, show all your workings out. No. How would I show workings out of adding something no. together? Like? <laughs> the essays that I've written, lengthy essays about pieces of literature that I just understood. And I was like, yeah, great. I get this. I can draw parallels between these two texts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can read this poem mm -hmm. and get what the subtext about this yeah. is and highlight. You put like, I can't remember. Right, David Brent. <laughs> I can't remember which is circumference and which is radius. Don't I can't ask. remember. Don't even, ask. don't even talk about it. I don't even Why know. do I need to it's know? It's so boring. <laughs> Why? It's so boring. And it's so funny because- And this guy's a really janitor and he's doing these diagrams on a chalkboard. I don't know what that means. Oh, it's just a triangle, isn't it? Like, it's I just, just a triangle. What else do you need to know? It doesn't matter. Because <laughs> like, people that really the like... The most mathematically perfect shape. But people really like... People who really like maths or people who are like naturally quite good at it and do enjoy it are always so annoyed when people say that, oh, it's fine, who cares? It doesn't matter. I've just got a calculator, so what? And, right. and they're just like, maths is everything. Maths makes up everything. It's everything. It Literally everything is... I understand. Oh, who cares? <laughs> I understand that maths is a more universal language than any other language on the planet. I understand that maths is responsible for the for the start and the end of our universe. I understand that that if we were to ever communicate with other life forms from <laughs> far distant reaches of space that for some reason decided to come to our backwater planet and look at our troglodyte brains, the only way that we would be able to communicate with them is through mathematical theory. I understand no, that. No, because they would come down and they would be like, oh, you're still using maths? Gross. Oh, God. Boring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Numbers, what the hell? Look at these people. They wipe their asses with toilet paper. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Disgusting. Why don't you shower it off immediately? <laughs> Oh, you poop out of your butts? Gross. Oh, God. <laughs> where, where do you eat then? Oh, oh. he's out of his mouth. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, disgusting. The only way that we will be able to communicate with these life forms would be through maths. Can no, I understand it? The way no. we communicate between life forms is Spice Girls music. They love the Spice Girls. Okay. Okay. I, I, I believe that. That's a fact. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, from the Spice Girls movie. Yeah, they came down and they knew the Spice Girls. They wanted tickets to their show and they were wearing a Spice Girls top. Yeah. They were really excited about it. They wanted it. tickets. And he was like, sign my belly. <laughs> but in English, but in alien language. Yeah. <laughs> and they, 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 they like well big fans. Spice Girls don't know maths. Are you no. joking? <laughs> Spice Girls, no. 
Although most... they, they did sing a song about two becoming one, so. So I mean, that's. Kind I, I think of that's impossible, isn't, isn't it? it? Well, I'm sure that someone in in mathematical physical theory can <laughs> explain how two can become one. I'm already so bored. <laughs> Maybe just, we just don't watch give the... me numbers. I can't even like I can like I was learning French right. and there was like I could put sentences together and I can hear other people talking French and I can understand like the basics of what they're talking about. Get like a gist of things. Like hearing it is a bit more difficult because they talk really quick. Borderline conversation, all that sort of stuff. But like I can read sure. and get like I understand sure. like basic things. But even in numbers in French, I can't. I just can't remember. No. It's just, I don't know why, but I've got maths blindness. I just look at numbers and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> so basically, the crux of what we've learned on this episode of Back to the Future is, screw maths, watch the Spice World movie. Ah, oh, yes. Okay, great. Cool, cool. Sorry, Goodwill Hunting. There's barely but... anything about numbers in that film, and it is amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, there is that, and <laughs> it's got Richard E. Grant as well. Yeah, and meet. And guess what? Meet and Richard. Guess what? Richard E. Grant's doing. What? Not maths. Not maths. That's for sure. He's usually just talking, which yeah. is English. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> Although, if they knew maths properly, they probably would be able to defuse the bomb on the bus. Probably, but mm. then you know they did oh, well. get they did get rid of the bomb on the bus eventually. <laughs> they just no one was near it. <laughs> Oh, we've got the budget to do that. Uh, maybe not as much budget as we thought. <laughs> That's such a good film because it's like taking the mickey out of itself. It's so good. So, Goodwill Hunting. I think we need to. Well, you don't need to necessarily give it a rating because you've already seen this film and you it was your suggestion that I watch this film. But I do think we need to give it a rating. Overall, though, I really dug this film. Hmm. I, it went in a different direction to what I thought it was going to go. But I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. It just, it surprised me that so much of it was going to be about quote-unquote therapy. Oh, okay. You know? Like, I didn't really realise that, it, although I suppose it makes sense from an emotional reasoning that it's about therapy... Because that's what instigates the emotional reaction that he has with Robin Williams. If yeah, it was so just a teacher, his life in order. if it was just a teacher that believed in him and was trying to get him to do better, be better for his own sake, I don't think it would have had quite as much of an emotional reaction, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, in hindsight. It does make sense, but while I was watching it, I think I was just surprised that, like, a lot of this is about therapy and, like, psychoanalyzing, and I really didn't expect it to be like that. Overall, though, I am quite surprised I haven't seen this film before now, especially since, and I know this is going to sound very fanboy, that Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier had their names attached to this. Yeah. I feel like I've watched other things that are completely low budget that almost no one has heard of that I had to buy a Region 1 DVD of <laughs> to be able to watch that Kevin Smith had attached his name to. The, you know, before there was seeing this. that I read that I thought that you would 
like and then I okay I know because then I forgot to tell you about it no tell me about it now no but now I can't find it well I'll tell you what I need to give your kind of fact because we we don't know how how much truth there was to it about the names also it says an interview between Matt Damon and Kevin Smith at San Diego Comic Con in 2016 right Matt mentions that Kevin was instrumental into the movie being made as it was Kevin that brought the script directly to Harvey Weinstein when the other studios weren't showing any interest Oh, oh yeah, this is it. The job interview Will sends Chucky on is for a company called Holden and McNeil. Ben Affleck's character in Chasing Amy is named Holden McNeil. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I thought you'd like that one. I, I didn't, I didn't know that that was the name of the company. No, I, d- I didn't. But know. as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, like his character in Chasing Amy. Yeah, I love that film. Chasing Amy is a really good film, but I think you need, you do need to watch, uh, you do need to watch Dogma. Yeah. Is it I funny? Dogma, very. Okay. Yes. I think Dogma is more in the wider populace as a, as a known film than I think Chasing Amy is. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah the fact that Kevin Smith was instrumental in producing this film and helping get it made, I am surprised I haven't seen it before now for that reason alone. But... Aside from that, this film stands up on its own very, very well. And again, not to gush too much, but it does need to be said. Robin Williams in this is the pull of this film, more so than Matt Damon and Ben Affleck having written it. They did a great job writing this. The script is impeccable. The script is great. And they did a great job doing that. However... They said the first day they were on set watching Robin Williams and Skarsgård to, to like act together with their words that they'd written. Yes. They were like crying with happiness. They were like, <laughs> just seeing them do their words that they had put <laughs> on the page. I I imagine I can't even imagine what that feeling would be like having someone really well known read your words on screen. It's like. That would be uh, that would be a sensational experience, and especially if it's someone like Robin Williams, who, as we've discussed over the course of this podcast, I really like him a... too. But he was very hairy. He's <laughs> a hair. It does need to be said. He is a hairy man. Oh boy, that's a real man. You know, like, that's a real man. Yeah, I imagine, I think imagine if Robin... the itch of the regrowth when he had to shave it for Mrs. Doubtfire or something. Oh, I mean, this is the thing. Robin Williams just needs to think about growing hair and he'll have hair. <laughs> There's, yeah, there was one film. I forget. It might have been Jack. I don't know. Have you seen it? I have. Yeah. I have. Uh, so it might be that or it might be Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know. But there was one scene where he, uh, he's, he's got his forearms out on display. And his forearms, I just looked at I'm like... <laughs> He's got like the most ridiculously hairy forearms. There's just no skin left. It's just hair. Oh, it's, oh he's a he's a very hairy man. But <laughs> I mean, oh, the sweater. He wasn't wearing a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> All he needs to do is think about growing he's a beard, naked. and he's, he's got, got ju- one. He's not naked. He's got a jumper on. That's no. Not a jumper. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But yes. Uh, he he was a sensational actor and I think really really made this film so I think I need to give it a rating and I am going to give Goodwill Hunting ah see it's tough <laughs> <laughs> can't do it 
I can't do it. I know. This is some great <laughs> ASMR. We've suddenly become an ASMR <laughs> podcast now. <laughs> I can't wow. do it. Just, just bang on, just bang on your, on your, on your knees for me instead. There we go. I'm gonna give it four and a half. Four and a half. What four and Goodwill. a half? What are you gonna give it? I'm gonna give it four and a half. Apples. Apples. Ugh. How do you like them apples? I thought you were going to say four and a half Dunkin' Donuts or something. Ah, see, I was going to give it some Dunkin' Donuts coffee because he always turned up with Dunkin' Donuts coffee. But here's the thing. I haven't had Dunkin' Donuts in, in so long to know whether their coffee is any good or not. So oh, I don't know if it would be a garbage. good rating system. <laughs> I bet. I bet it is. I bet it's like having coffee at Millie's Cookies. Well, maybe... <laughs> Maybe, but here's the thing. You can buy Dunkin' Donuts coffee, yeah. like whole bean coffee, mm. in like supermarkets in you America. You can buy Kirkland brand. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> but here's the thing. That's not a mark of quality. But because they do that, it kind of makes me think that maybe oh, yeah, people, people like, like it, it enough yeah. Yeah, to warrant it. So I'm like, so maybe... It can't be all that bad. But then yeah. again, Starbucks do the same. And I think Starbucks coffee is garbage. Yeah, but people like so, it. So, I don't know. May, hey, maybe this you is an excuse to go to America and try Dunkin' Donuts and try their Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Yeah. Maybe there are people out there that can message in and tell us if you are an avid coffee drinker, how good Dunkin' Donuts coffee is. Whether, it's, whether it rates highly, you know. Is Pete's coffee better? Is Joffrey's coffee better? Who knows? I I only really know the coffee bean and tea leaf out there. That was what they had in California that I went to. Oh, okay. But yeah, I'm going to give it four and a half apples. Because how do you like them apples? I like them. You like them? Good. Well, I mean, out of interest, what did you think? Yeah, I think it's a good film. I like it. I think it was one of the first kind of... Well, not one of the first, but it was one of the first that I, I was made aware of. That it was you know a boy that can do good with his life and get himself out because he's got the opportunity but didn't mm. come from the best start i i was never really i'd never really seen a film like that done in that way before that right. was like normally it's oh yeah i'm this and i'm that and i'm going here and i'm going there or i'm a bad guy i've stayed a bad guy for life i'm always going to be a bad guy i'm in and out of prison all the time right. it wasn't like something that met in the middle like he's a bad guy and does bad stuff but he could do good things because he's got the brains for it sure i don't know so i thought that was kind of good that somebody told that story one yeah and obviously the acting's really good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good. I, I, I do like it. Yeah. Yeah. It is long, though. It, it, it is long, though. And this is what I said about the pacing. Like, I think they could have shaved off maybe yeah. 10 minutes It didn't drag. It there. didn't drag too much, but it, it would have been nicer if it was just a little bit, like, less. <laughs> yeah, I reckon if they'd shaved 10 to 15 minutes off, this would have been, like, a perfect length film. Yeah. And it would have been, like, spot on. But I honestly can't think of where they would have trimmed no, out the, the 10 to 15 minutes. Because all of the parts in the discussion office with between him and Robin Williams are all like the parts that build towards the end. Yeah. So it, it's just like, yeah. It's a little bit like, well, could you, couldn't like catch you? I don't know. But what do you all out there think? Because Goodwill Hunting has got four and a half apples from me who surprisingly 
has never seen this film before. But what do you all out there listening think? Do you think that Goodwill Hunting deserved more Oscars than the ones that it ended up getting? Do you think that it's a pinnacle of the kind of genre that it is? Do you think it is indeed the showcase of acting that Robin Williams has? Or do you think that this is just another one of these Oscar bait films that kind of passed you by that you didn't really care about and everyone kind of built up and you didn't think all that much of? If you have tried Dunkin' Donuts coffee and you are an avid coffee drinker, what did you think of it? Do you think it, how highly does it rate against other places? Is it your go-to coffee place while you're in America or are there better places? I mean, obviously, we'd probably prefer the film discussion than the coffee discussion, but we're open to both because I'm an avid coffee drinker as well and I would like this information. All of this and more can be expressed to us through our social medias as well. If you have an idea of a film that you think we might not have seen before and you think we should see, you can tell us that as well. I am at Drew Bridger. At Amber Inch. And make sure to use the hashtag BTTRpod so that we know when we are being talked about on the internet. Amber, if the listeners have enjoyed this episode, what else should they do? Like, subscribe and review on your podcast service and rate five stars. Also, follow us on Instagram at BTDR Podcast. God. Ah, of course you should. <laughs> of course. Because podcasts like this do survive on word of mouth from kind listeners like yourself. So if you have other classmates that you are in a class with... Classmates. Well, classmates, yeah, you know, because it was in MIT, it was in, it was in school. Oh, around, people around, don't go to school around, anymore. Well, you know, well, you know, okay, <laughs> all right. But, you know, if you're in MIT and you're listening to this podcast and you've got There's other intelligent... What are you doing? Yeah, you should be studying, <laughs> not listening to a podcast about films. <laughs> what are you doing? you got a test tomorrow. <laughs> go go to study. Go to bed. Stop eating cereal at 11 o'clock at night. Just because it's in the canteen all the time doesn't mean you have to eat it at 1 o'clock in the morning. Cereal at night is so comforting, though. Cereal at night genuinely tastes better. Yeah. Having a bit of toast before bed is like... (sighs) Really wish we had bread now. (laughs) Have a bit of toast before before bed. A little bit of carbs. I'm I'm actually too full from all these yummy numbers. Oh, mm, too much maths, I'm afraid. (laughs) I'm too full from all the maths. (laughs) Do tell them about this podcast as well, because maybe it's a nice, helpful study aid for you. I don't know, to have something going in the background. If you've not enjoyed this episode, you've probably stopped listening at this point, and then this message is not for you. But until our next episode, Amber. Yeah. Do you feel smart? Because I feel smart. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm a real smart guy. Yeah, ma, I'm a smart guy. I'm going to MIT with Marky Mark. <laughs> Get Donnie on the phone. We're going to Wahlburgers. This is uncomfortable to watch. <laughs>